Hello and welcome to the MGMA Insider Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Today I'm joined by Ken Hertz, Principal Consultant with MGMA Healthcare Consulting Group. Ken will be speaking at the MGMA Operations Conference, which will be held April 14th through 16th in Austin, Texas. I caught up with Ken recently to talk about how medical practices can overcome toxic cultures. Ken, you are a primary source for an MGMA research and analysis report titled Creating a Sustainable Practice Culture to Prevent Burnout. First of all, what is the connection between a medical practice's culture and then its subsequent burnout rate? The whole notion of of, of the culture, the values, the, the underlying um, uh, foundation and themes to the practice really um, uh, set the tone for behavior, for actions, um, for how a practice functions. And if you don't have the right culture, or said a little bit differently, if you have a toxic culture, one that doesn't have a good set of values, one that that uh, doesn't have a well-articulated mission and vision, you're going to typically be in a situation, Daniel, where, where the employees are unhappy, they're frustrated, um, the providers sense that, uh, they then uh, reflect that kind of behavior, uh, and ultimately, it impacts uh, the patients. So the culture is critical uh, to the success of the practice and also to avoiding um, that sense of burnout. Mm-hmm. Now, are there ways that uh, a staff can can improve its culture? I mean, talking offline, you and I had discussed a little bit about training and development. Do, do you want to expound on that a little bit? Uh, sure. I think that uh, there are a number of issues uh, and, and a number of ways that a practice can work on culture. First of all, it's really important to understand that it takes time to develop or redevelop or redefine a practice's culture. Secondly, it starts at the top. The physicians. Uh, the physician leadership have to buy into this. It's critical for them to be a part of the process. The administrative staff has to be a part of it. And we need to engage the employees in rebuilding the culture. So the first part of it is to identify what's toxic, what are the problems. Once we've, uh, once we've done that, then we engage employees in how can we make this better? How can we fix some of these things? Uh, Give us your suggestions. We want your input. We say that employees are our most valuable asset, but too often we don't treat them that way. And that's a tragic mistake. So you can can, uh, start at the top, work down, work through it, um, then, we work on um, on doing training for people so that 
Um, they understand what's required of them. Sometimes, Daniel, people are frustrated because there are no clear expectations. Um, they don't receive adequate training. They're asked to do a job they haven't been trained before, and nobody likes to appear stupid. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we give every single employee the tools that they need. That comes from training and education. And then, you know, sometimes we work uh, within practices on uh, communication workshops. Uh, when we do customer service training, it's important for everybody in a practice to understand that when we're talking about customer service training, we're not just talking about customer service training in terms of our patients because every person in the practice is a customer of somebody else. Yeah, you were talking about a, a different way of looking at staff training and development and actually looking at it as a return on investment and, and how it does have a positive impact on the bottom line. Uh, could you talk about that a little bit? Sure, and, and I, think, I think the way the, the way that I uh, look at that is, is twofold. If I look outside of healthcare, for example, uh, you take a hotel organizations, for instance, like the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, the level of training that the employees have there is evident in every interaction uh, you have with them. I recently stayed at a Ritz-Carlton and and every interaction with a Ritz-Carlton employee, whether it is with the housekeeping staff, uh, the gentleman who is um, vacuuming the carpet in the hallway, uh, every one of those individuals will acknowledge you and greet you and say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's all very cordial. Um, when I walk uh, through many uh, medical practices, Sometimes I'll pass a medical assistant or an RN or who knows. It could even be the practice administrator. This has happened many times. And they don't even look at you. They don't even uh, respond to you. Uh, how does that all translate to the, to the bottom line, to the return on investment? Well, uh, we know that the Ritz-Carlton is a highly successful hotel uh, chain um, service industry like we are. We're service in industry. We provide health care. Uh, they provide lodging, etc. cetera. Uh, when we look at training our employees, it provides a better patient experience. We reduce our turnover of employees. And as we know, employee turnover is hugely costly. Uh, estimates run anywhere from one and a half to two or two and a half times the salary of an employee when you have to replace them. Plus, you also have the disruption. From a patient standpoint, I like to know when I call Mary, when I call your office, that Mary's going to answer the phone. If one week it's Mary and the next week it's Sally and the next week it's Susan, guess what? I'm going to another practice. Training, education, culture, all impact your bottom line. They have a return on investment. You can actually measure it in dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, you gave a great example of the Ritz-Carlton where 
They have amazing customer service, amazing culture that's ingrained there and it started from the top. But there's also that situation where there is a toxic culture. Uh, how do you fix a culture once it's, I don't want to say it's broken, but it's in a very bad place. I know it's from training and that, but how do you kind of turn around that mindset? You and I have talked about football, college football specifically on many occasions, and we've both suffered through uh, bad seasons with bad coaches. And then, <laughs> you know, the new coach has to come in there and he always says, we got to change this culture. That's what you hear every time. Well, it's a little bit different in football because you can change the entire uh, roster, so to speak, over time <laughs> with a, with a, a, a medical practice group, you, you don't want to change everybody. You want to keep some of those key players and just kind of get the mindset different and get them in a different direction. How in the world do you do that when things do seem a bit broken or toxic, as you had mentioned? Well, I, I think you have to go back to, back to basics. Um, so a couple of, couple of things I think that are important um, to address here, Daniel. First of all, one of the things that practices are very reluctant to do sometimes, uh, particularly if we may be short-staffed or something, is to address um, a toxic individual, kind of that bad apple in the barrel, if you mm -hmm. will. Um, and uh, I have often had to advise practices, look, I know you think uh, John is really invaluable, but um, from everything you've told me, from everything I've seen, John is really uh, the cause uh, of what is, what is going on here. Um, and so I've had to really encourage his practices to go ahead and make that decision and terminate an individual. I'm not saying that's the be all end all answer, but sometimes you have to do that. The other, the other thing, and I think what you're really asking is you've really got to go back to the beginning. And so you've got to pull everybody together and you have to say, look, we're not really functioning well as a team. We've got issues. Here are the issues that I'm seeing. Uh, there's a lot of infighting, there's backstabbing, whatever it is. Let's go back and let's really talk about what are our values? What do we hold near and dear? What's important to us about how we behave as people? And what I have done in practices is actually done that as an exercise with everybody together and, and have people actually talk about what their personal values are, talk about um, what they feel the values of the practice are and, and how they align. So we have to really start at the beginning. And I think that's the same thing that athletic coaches will do. You know, was it uh, Wooden who would, who would um, first have his basketball players uh, tie their shoelaces mm -hmm. to make sure that they tied them perfectly so that you know, the sneakers didn't become untied and, and the notion of let's start with the very basics. Mm -hmm. That same thing with the practice. Let's start with the values. Let's, let's talk about why we're here. What are we here for? And talk about the practice's vision and our mission 
and some of those things. And sometimes you have to rebuild from that level. Changing a culture could take, I mean, if you're, if it's not too terribly uh, damaged or broken, um, uh, you might could do it in six months or a year. Or if you've got a huge organization, maybe it's going to take you longer. But uh, it's got to be consistent. You can't let up. You have to be vigilant and focused on the goal, which would be the vision, values, and mission of the organization to really rebuild it from the bottom up, from the inside out. Okay. Now, do you have an example of a, a practice that maybe you've consulted with and kind of helped them turn things around, a good success story? Small cardiology practice in Louisiana. I was doing some work with them. One of the docs called and said, Ken, everybody's sniping at each other. We've got all sorts of issues. Uh, and it's interesting, Daniel, because this is a practice that um, – was always known in the community for really taking care of employees, good benefits, good pay, um, good work environments. There were some new docs that came into the practice that 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 had slightly different um, uh, vision or values than the founding physician in the practice. Um, and so what I did is I went in. I interviewed each of the individuals in the practice um, for a one-on-one -on -one interview that generally they went 45 minutes or an hour. And um, for many people, it was cathartic just to have the opportunity to talk with somebody and express some of their frustrations. Um, I then brought that back to the physician, said, here's some issues uh, we have to address here's some ways that you can um, that you can help this situation out and I gave them specific things and 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 recommendations to do if you've got an upset about one of your partners uh, don't talk about it in the hallway or don't talk about it in the office with your door ajar. make sure it's behind closed doors and you're not screaming and yelling. Um, please always remember um, that you compliment <clears throat> and recognize people in public. And if you've got a correction or an issue that you want to address with them uh, that's not positive, then do that in private. But so I worked with, with the docs. And then what I did is I worked with the staff and met with the staff and said, look, Here's some of the things that I heard. Here's some of the issues that we have. Let's see if we can if we can work together and come up with some solutions. So um, there were some issues about how they determined um, who had time off. Um, there were small things like they used to celebrate people's birthdays and then they stopped doing it because one of the doctors thought it was too expensive to invest in a cake on a monthly basis or something. And so we went back, I worked with the physicians, 
and um, we got a budget in place for it. We were able to do that, and 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 those things um, made sense. Now, I also worked with the with the manager who was there. Fast forward three years, and um, the manager sent me an email and said, "Hey, Ken, could you take a look at this? Here's a survey I want to send to the employees." I want to make sure they're doing okay. I want to make sure everybody is is feeling good. And you know what? If there are things that we can fix, I want to fix them. So for me, it was kind of like, um, <laughs> um, uh, for me, it's kind of like being a, a, a proud daddy to see one of your kids that, that, that grew up and kind of got what you were trying to, uh, uh, to tell them. And so the practice is doing well. The employees are happy. They have almost no turnover. Um, the patients are happy. The physicians are happy. It's a good situation. So um, it, it, it can be done. Culture is critical. How we, how we address and work with people is really, really critical. Okay. Well, Ken, thanks so much. That is a great success story. And thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And uh, look forward to talking to you again on culture and burnout at medical practice groups. Uh, my great pleasure, Daniel. Always happy to, um, to talk about that. Thanks again to Ken Hertz for joining the MGMA Insider Podcast today. You can hear Ken speak at the Operations Conference April 14th through 16th in Austin, Texas. You can learn more about the event and register at mgma.com slash events. Thanks again for being an MGMA Insider. I'm Daniel Williams.